Today, I am joined by Ivanilda Silva. Ivanilda, thank you for being here. Thank you, Colton. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so before we get into anything, tell us a little bit about who you are today and what your journey was like to get here. Hmm. And I love journeys. What an adventure. So I, I was originally born in Cape Verde Island and my family uh, traveled here in the 80s. I think I was about seven um, and resided in uh, Brockton, Mass. Um, so I've been here, did all my schooling here. So pretty much was raised here, obviously. Um, so that's kind of like a little snippet of my culture background. Um, Look it up, K-Bird, it's a paradise. I may be biased, but yeah. So, um, and then in growing up, I've always been fascinated with movement and just the arts, but movement specifically. My mom was a dancer, so got that a little bit from her, but, you know, went through the whole thing, um, got pregnant early, early age, um, got married, you know, did all that life stuff. And motherhood and all that stuff, but always had a passion for anyone who knows me really dearly for movement and just, you know, therapy, healing, service, helping others, um, just, you know, helping people kind of like become and be their greatest versions and their strongest selves in whatever that looks like for them, because we're all individual, right? <clears throat> we're on this path. So, and uh, fast forward, fast forward, um, still into movement. Um, I completed my second master's in dance movement therapy from Leslie University. So that was a long time coming. That was obviously my original um, path in high school to go and study psychology and dance because um, I strongly believe in the power of movement and also music, but, you know, I'm biased to movement. Um, so now that's currently uh, my focus, uh, healing people through movement um, and also through laughter as well. Um, I'm a certified laughter yoga leader. So um, it's just a fancy way of saying like, you know, I can, we can facilitate laughter with one another and just laugh with one another. And we know how th the benefits of all of that, releasing endorphins and all that good stuff. So, so yeah, the, my primary focus is really on um, healing, self-care, movement, um, being your authentic self. That's kind of like what all my platform kind of stands for. Yeah. Great. Thank you. And it's pretty clear to see, I think, to most people that laughter, for example, is a very healing thing. It feels good. But explain to us who don't know, myself included, how is dance something that can be healing for you? And is it just healing physically or do you consider it to be more of a spiritual healing or what does that look like? Mm, yeah, good question. Yeah. Um, I feel like movement, just the movement of the body, like we are meant to move, right? Whoever's like kind of sat, you know, in a chair all day, in an office all day, or just been stagnant, like your, your body, if you're in tune with it, it can really tell you like, hey, I need to walk this way. I need to stretch this way. Um, movement to me um, is an expression well, I'll speak about how it's an expression to me and how it's beneficial, um, but it's a way to express kind of unresolved um, tensions, feelings, thoughts. Um, it doesn't require words. It doesn't require a lot of thinking. Um, it's very, you know, organic. Um, and that's why I kind of term myself the organic dancer. Um, it's just from within, 
you move, how you feel, just like you speak, how you want to, how you dress a certain way. I think movement um, is one of those amazing form of self-expression um, from that point of view. But in terms of its rewards, um, we all know that a body in motion is just very effective in making sure all of our internal organs is working in addition to the mind. It's just like when you're doing any form of exercise, you know, it releases the chemicals that needs to be released for us to feel good. Um, so when I, and I usually say movement instead of dance because people get, you know, terrified <laughs> at the word dance. I'm not a dancer. I don't, I don't know how to dance. It's embarrassing. So it's like one of those things that people shy away from one of those arts. Um, but it is so like releasing. And I, I use the word orgasmic a lot in the sense that it really kind of moves things around for you in your body. Um, and you don't have to do anything like drastic or extravaganza to really feel the benefits of moving. Like before this podcast, I went walking, um, which is fascinating, but it's something about the body moving a certain way. It's your language. If you ever seen, whether you know how to dance or not, if you've ever seen someone like just move with music or just move in general, it is the way they express themselves, whether they know it or not. Um, it's a form of expression of communication. Um, as we know, you know, over 90% of, you know, communication is body language, right? Um, so I think the benefits go beyond the physical, uh, the emotions. Um, we also have an emotional body, and I feel like with trauma, movement has been shown to be very effective in just releasing those unresolved feelings and tensions. Um, yeah, which I call imprints, you know, whenever we go through something, uh, the body really stores everything, you know, um, and in moving it, it kind of like releases some of that stagnant emotion and feeling. Um, and of course, spiritually from way, way, way back, we can see that most of our communication in our ancestors, it was through movement. It was through moving, either moving with the cosmos, with the animals, with the nature. It's like our body was the form, the first line of like communication, like how we just you know, interact it. Um, so yeah, it's like an overview of kind of just the benefits of it overall. And it's just fun, you know? Sure, sure. So say I was someone who wanted to get more involved with movement or dance, if you want to uh, characterize mm -hmm. it like that. Is there a certain path that you try to teach people like start here, do this kind of particular movement, do this movement, and then you reach a certain point? Or is it more personalized to that individual? Hmm. Yeah, good. Yeah. I, it, it all, the way I work now, the way I work in my practice is I start with where the individual is comfortable meeting where the individual is at. And that's just, you know, that's thanks to my, uh, <laughs> training in social work, you meet the client where they're at, you meet the person where they're at. So, and not everybody is comfortable with moving. I'm very much aware of that. And that's what we're taught. And I think it's educating people on what let's just say dance or movement is, um, even like moving of your fingers a certain way, that's movement, that's dance right there for me. Um, so it's getting out of, getting people out of that, you know, mentality of like, I have to be like, you know, the belladonna, you know what I mean? I have to like be this professional dancer, but I really start with what, you know, the person is comfortable with, you know, what does movement mean to them? What does dance mean to them? 
um, what ways do they feel comfortable in moving their body? So it has to be where that person is at in their comfort level and how they best feel like moving. You know, some people are very, you know, expressive with their hands and, or with their feet. And some people is just like, you know, I just want to walk. That's my form of movement. You know, I don't want to do anything, you know, extra, but it's, it's getting them to the core of like understanding what movement is not and what movement it is. And same thing with dance. So it's finding their signature movement. Like I like to say, what's your signature movement? It's not going to look like any, anybody else. It's yours. What does it mean to you? So it's like uncovering a hidden language with their body that they're not aware of, you know, and it takes time based on their comfort level. So the ultimate goal then, if I hear you right, isn't to do a certain type of dance necessarily and master a certain type of dance, but rather it's to master a personalized, as you said, signature dance that matches that mm -hmm. person and how they can um, express themselves. Is that kind of what you're saying? Mm-hmm. Very on point. Yes, correct. Yeah. We're not, yeah, we're not trying. <laughs> yeah. We're not training for a world dance competition. You know, uh, we could go that route if you want, but it's really getting people to be comfortable within themselves, you know, cause we're, we're natural movers. We move constantly, just like we talk. There's certain trainings, you know, vocal expression, you know, in, in, in speech, the way you speak. So it's like, it's getting people to see their body like that, you know? Like it, it really matters how you speak to other people, how you come across vocally, how that's a form of expression. And some folks are really amazing with that. Same thing with, you know, your body. Some people really express and move in life better with their body. But I believe that in moving the body and expressing it in a certain way, it brings about a side of you, especially in healing sessions. Um, it helps for individuals who have a hard time vocalizing, whatever it is. It just, it's like that, the, the movement of the energy, the stagnant energy and the emotions that it brings. And then if it's music added certain, like just like certain musics can kind of bring you to a certain memory, a certain experience, you know, dancing and moving your body can kind of wake up those like, you know, dormant energies and thoughts. Yeah. So then to take this to another level, then you can see obviously how this plays psychologically and expressively and things like that. But then on, on another uh, way of thinking, how does this uh, manifest itself spiritually? And um, if you don't mind kind of explaining as a second part of that, what spirituality means to you and then how it aligns itself with this uh, movement expression. Mm, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Um, I, I, I will start by saying that, you know, nature is my spirituality. Um, I'm big on nature. That's kind of where I get my grounding, where I get my strength. And, you know, I just have to look to nature to see that everything is in constant motion. Everything is in constant expression. There's an ebb and flow. So nature itself is a great teacher, a great dance teacher. It's always moving. It's always, uh, you know, making space and allowing space for us to move with it, right? So, um, so that's, that's my spirituality comes from nature, from just studying nature and from studying certain animals, but mostly studying uh, nature, specifically trees in any form of body of water. Um, that's where I get my inspiration for the movements, my particular signature movements that I, um, that I do. Um, 
in terms of what it means, what spirituality means to me. I'll start with that and then kind of tie back into dance movement. Um, spirituality for me encompasses everything and anything. And I mean the light, the dark, the positive, the negative, the, the you know, the dark, the light, the, all of that, the, the shadow aspects. It's, it's how you move in life, right? It's what brings you joy, um, what brings you passion. You know, it's encompassing all parts of you, not just, you know, the rosy parts, as I like to call it. It's um, really being in tune with nature and being in tune with who you are at the core. And that sometimes it doesn't take into consideration like your upbringing or your culture sometimes um, and things of that nature. It's really, for me, spirituality is like, how do you feel about yourself at the core with no outside external influences? Um, and how do you go about engaging you know, yourself with others and with the outside world? Um, to me, that's, that's what spirituality means. Um, it's really owning everything about yourself and, and moving in that manner, you know, cause I think when we think of spirituality for most folks, it's, you know, which is all good and dandy. It's not all namaste and peace and light, love and light, you know, it's, uh, it's the raw self, the raw and uncut, like I like to say, the raw and uncut part of you. Um, that you show to yourself and that you show to others. So it's really being authentic um, with who you are and also connecting to nature. I think I keep it really simple um, and pretty flow when I think about spirituality. Um, yeah, and the, and the way it connects with dance and movement, the way I see it is just as an artist, if you're around an artist or if you're an artist yourself, where it, it's like what they call we're in the zone, like we're in the zone. Like I know when I'm dancing, there's a, a, there's a disconnect from this world and a connection to something, you know, powerful, more powerful than, than me. And it's a sensation that I have yet to describe in words, but, um, and it's a feeling and cessation that kind of like just life kind of like stops, everything stops and you're in that whirlwind of passion and joy. And you can see this like with athletes, but artists primarily, uh, specifically musicians. Um, and I have fellow dancers that, you know, we all have that same language. We all have that same experience of just, you know, one dancer of mine says that it's like a pull from the top of your head that just, it's like a waterfall extending upwards. That's kind of how she was described. It was just like a pull to some to connect to something powerful, more powerful than itself. Um, and you can clearly see that in me when I'm in my zone, when I'm dancing. Um, it's just a connection to a higher self or, you know, a higher energy, a very strong energy. Um, and, and, and that's kind of like how I can just kind of like make it visual for you to see like that's that's the powerful connection of like being in your passion and allowing, you know, source, God, higher power, whatever nature to like, in a way, dance with you in a way to connect with you to like, you know, 
elevate you to whatever stages you want to elevate. So I don't know if that all kind of like came around and asked you a question because I can get lost in it trying to put the words. But sure. It's, yeah, it's more of a sensation. <laughs> so then would you describe this as metaphysical, you know, something that's outside of our regular physical reality? Or do you think this is just expressing something internally or a little bit of both? And by that, you mean like dance movement or? Yeah, your spirituality and, and dance mm. associated with that as well. But your spirituality you talked about, are you thinking you're just through dance and other methods, just expressing something internal, mm -hmm. that passion, that whirlwind you described? Is that solely grounded in, in reality? Or do you think there's something numinous, something beyond, uh, uh, people would call that a God figure, like something mm -hmm. beyond just this physical reality? Mm. Yeah, no, I think it's a combination of both um, because I do want to add to the spiritual aspect. I'm very much uh, grounded in this reality. I'm very much aware of like the physicality of the chairs, the couch, the doors, you know, everything, you know, that we touch, the senses, you know, that's the greatest gift that we have as humans, right? We get to taste, we get to see, we get to smell, and we get to do all of this beautiful stuff. Whereas if we go into like higher dimensions and all this stuff, um, you know, it's like, we don't have those senses per se. It's not as strong. Um, and that's the beauty of, you know, being human having to feel everything. I think it's a combination of like, you know, um, having the physical to ground us, right? But then being connected to something that's higher, that's more powerful, you know, or that's like equally as powerful as us um, because we are powerful in our own rights as humans. I think it's a combination of both. You know, I don't think it's all metaphysical, spiritual. I don't think it's all like, you know, in this reality, it's like having that beautiful dance together, you know, because I'm not, you know, too to the one extreme, you know, of like, you know, the woo-woo community, <laughs> which there's some, there's some, there's some joy, there's some fun, there's something in there, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm an analyzer as well. I mean, I use both sides of my brain. Like I, I feel like I have a good balance of that. Um, so I'm not like, you know, naive or neglectful to like the realness, you know, of who we are and of like where we are. But I'm also equally intrigued and fascinated um, and inspired by what we can't see, what we can't feel, what we can't taste, because that makes life just you know, just as beautiful as it can be. So I'm both, I'm on both sides. So. <laughs> well, I can understand that completely. You know, there's a yeah. lot, um, <laughs> even as someone like myself, who's not particularly uh, spiritual in a metaphysical way, there is mm -hmm. at least on one level, so much beauty and, and love and, and, and things to be appreciated, mm -hmm. even in the physical world. If you want to just start there, there is so much mm -hmm. to be experienced. Uh, and I think sometimes that gets overlooked by people jumping straight to, uh, not to say this is a bad thing, but jumping mm -hmm. straight to a metaphysical or, or something like that. Whereas I, I think it devalues the fact that there actually is a lot of, you know, you could even call it spiritual or numinous um, mm -hmm. things that happen in the physical world too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think I, and, and I appreciate uh, someone with your mentality and mindset, because I think we do easily get away from like really appreciating what's in front of us and what we can see and feel and touch. Um, and 
I think to me, spirituality is like, that's why I look to nature. It's like right there. There's a tree, there's a leaf. You could touch it. You could feel it. You can see it. But then it's so powerful. Like it's so, it has all these other elements that maybe you're not aware of, but it's like, I can feel it. I can touch it. I can tell you there's a tree. I touched it. It was right there and I felt it, you know, and you know, you can see the benefits of that. And I did this with a friend of mine a while back of telling her all about trees and like, you know, their energy and their magnificent. And she was like, yeah, like I felt it too. You know what I mean? Cause she was open, but it's like, she didn't have to like, you know, like wait for something that is not visible. Cause she's, you know, she's very left brain, very analytical. Um, so I was like, yeah, just go hug a tree, go touch a tree, but like, don't make it more than what it is, you know? So I think spirituality is what you feel in yourself makes sense to you and resonates with you. You know what I mean? It could be anything and everything. It doesn't have to be what you think spirituality is. I think that's, that's, I've, I've come across experience and situations where it is, as you said, like we just shoot up straight to like the metaphysical and the spiritual, um, which is nice. Um, but we're also humans. We have to appreciate that part of being human and what all that comes with it. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, well, let me take a step back then. Cause I, I know you mm -hmm. obviously have this passion for movement and expressing mm -hmm. yourself in these things. And I want to dive in a little bit deeper into that. Um, mm -hmm. In what aspects of your life can this practice of so let's just call it movement be beneficial? Mm -hmm. We talked spiritually, we talked about expressing yourself, but are there any other facets of your life where it's helpful? Is it helpful in a number of facets mm -hmm. of your life? Like really, where can you see benefit from this? Mm -hmm. Good, good question. So um, do you want me to speak from like my individual or just, you know, in general of how it could be beneficial? Either or or both. Okay. Okay. Yes. Um, so I'll start with myself. I always like to use me as an experiment. Um, to me, movement. Um, I wasn't much of a verbal expert, like verbal expression was like a learned thing for me. Um, to me, movement dance is kind of like where I like shine, where I like kind of like express myself authentically. So I always kind of joke, I'll be like, if you really want to know me, go watch me dance, <laughs> go watch me move. Um, Cause it's just, you know, my way of expression. So personally it's been um, when I'm just overwhelmed with things that I can't like write, which is my other passion to writing or vocalize, I allow movement because there's a form of freedom that comes when you're just kind of letting loose with your body, with your limbs, that sometimes words and writing cannot do justice. Um, and that's for the release of just whatever emotions that come through. It's like, it's amazing what the body can like allow you to express and do um, once, you're, once you're open to it. So personally, that's for me, like what, how it's been helpful in not only expressing, but just releasing any like unresolved, stagnant, kind of like old energies and emotions. Um, generally speaking, how it can be beneficial for others, um, it's ex especially helpful for those who have gone through any form of trauma. Um, and in the field, we refer that as our emotional body. We all have that, where we get to store all of our like past experiences, 
mm, primarily negative or primarily challenging, as I like to call it, um, the body has a beautiful way of storing it. So our mind doesn't go like crazy insane. Um, but then, you know, when triggers arise and when situations, experiences arise, that kind of like reminds us of that, we feel it in the body. That's whenever, whenever we're feeling a certain way with my clients, whenever they feel a certain way, it's like, where in your body do you feel it? And that's the number one question I ask. I don't really go to what are you thinking about it or how are you feeling? Where in your emotional body are you feeling it? Usually it's the neck, the shoulder. So once we know where the sensation is coming, we can move certain parts of that body as a massage. That's like the first step, you know, in kind of like working with folks specifically with, you know, trauma experiences um, or anything that has happened to the body. So we work with body parts that have the most resonance for the emotions that are coming up. So it's moving that part, you know, allowing whatever emotions to come out. Sometimes there's like a moan, there's a groan, there's a yell, you know, and that I've seen, it allows for the clients then to really kind of like, first of all, ground, release and ground, and then to verbalize, you know, their trauma, their past experiences. Um, breath also goes into play with it, but definitely movement. Once we figured out the point of tension on the body and where the trauma is being stored, then we can move to moving it, releasing it, and then we can move into like expressing it. Sometimes for folks, they need to write it and then verbalize it. Um, so yeah, so that that's where you can see the most benefits with it because traditional talk therapy sometimes doesn't work for folks that have gone through that. Um, and, and, and for some folks, talking is amazing and talking is great, but coupled, I'm all about coupling two different methods, you know, but coupled with dance movement, um, they're able to better verbalize, you know, their experiences and their thoughts and moving forward in their healing journey. Um, so that's what it is. That's what it is really working with the emotional body. So for something like uh, you'll see massage therapy, they don't always recommend it that you do it every single day. It's more of a when needed or over certain periods of time. Is there a similar approach here that you really only do this when you have some kind of built up trauma? Or is this something that people could get value from implementing into their day to day life? Mm, yeah, yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't hurt to implement in the daily life. Um, I really don't like want to see it like as an exercise, you know what I mean? When it is technically speaking, cause you are moving your body. It's more of, it could be seen as like your reference to massage therapists, but I think it could be used two ways. So one, yes. When you're working through some trauma, when you have like tensions, unresolved tensions that we go through our daily lives, you know, stress of being stuck in traffic, you know, motherhood, parenthood, all that stuff that comes up, it is a go-to. Just like you would, you know, meditate every day. Some folks meditate every day, some folks when they need it. Um, I think it will. it is a good idea to have it like on a consistent basis, you know, as part of your self-care regimen to just, you know, it's like checking in with yourself, right? Checking in with your body, you know, and seeing if everything is kind of flowing and fluid 
you know, because it's really harmless, you know, because you're just move. It's a movement. Whereas massage therapy is like, yeah, you're really going in there. You're really kind of like, you know, um, I personally think once a month a massage therapist is good. But as far as like dance movement, I think it's just making it like part of your self-care regimen, just like as if you go to walk, you know, or go to the gym. I think the part that it may not be like consistently is when you're really having to work through some things. You know what I mean? It could be like on one spectrum, putting on your favorite music or, you know, and just moving and just, you know, if you're having a rough day and just kind of like moving with music or without music. But then there's the other part where you're being guided and facilitated, you know, to work out some deep seated unresolved. See, takes a different, you know, on some music and just kind of moving around the house, you know? So one is very like individual flow. It's where you at in your life that depends. So something you talk about is discovering yourself. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen that on your email chain as we've been discussing back and forth, obviously through business. So what exactly does it mean to discover yourself? Is it something that you've already been talking about or is it something else? Yeah. Discovery of self. Yeah. That is a journey that started, oh, now nine years ago. It was actually a group. Uh, it still is. Uh, with four members, uh, we connected uh, via a platform uh, with the guy Lennon Honor um, on his podcast. He used to have a podcast where he would just play music and just have chats open and we just go in there and connect and meet new people. Um, so I befriended, you know, um, a few friends um, and we just started, you know, having, you know, Skype sessions and connecting and being me that I am, I was like, hey, we should get together and like, you know, share our wisdom, share our like, you know, thoughts and everything. Like, cause we just felt like we were like just the best or whatever like that. We just was on something else. And they were like, yeah. Um, and, and two of them actually, yeah, they ended up three out of the five that wanted to go live. Um, because some of them weren't comfortable just going live and sharing it with the world. I'm like, ah, oh, we need to share it with the world. Like, you know, like, look at what we're like finding out and stuff, you know? So I, you know, we all came together with, you know, first of us universe on Skype. So the acronym us. Um, and then I was like, no, we should like go with discovery of self. Like, what are we discovering? What are we like figuring out about one another? Cause we all were like from different walks of life, different, um, thoughts and perceptions. And I like to be associated with people that think differently than me. Um, cause it grows you in my opinion. So we did our first, you know, interview, just the three of us, Kareem and Naki. And the first two videos was just about us. And then I was like, we should make it more than about us. What if we start like looking out to folks out there that have, are on the journey or like already kind of the, the discover themselves, like they already kind of in a way figured out their journey. And that's when I started reaching out to those guests. I'm very grateful for them and really wanted to get their viewpoint. And our whole goal, mainly for me, is there's there's some benefit and there's just this like joy that comes from hearing about how other people, you know, got to where they got, you know, and I think taking information, taking what resonates with you and seeing how it can help you discover, you know, yourself, your greatest and strongest self. 
So that was the mindset and the mentality behind Discovery Yourself. Like if we can have people share like how they've overcome or have they've, how far they've come in whatever journey, it doesn't necessarily have to be spiritual journey. Um, just to share that with the world. So I'm big on sharing and allowing other people to see, hey, we're all in this together. Like inspiration is amazing, you know, it's, it's valuable. Then by sharing that, then we can be, like just helping and guiding a lot of like primarily young folks. I'm very partial to young folks. We could be like really assisting others who may be stuck and not know like what they want to do, who they are, who they want to be, you know, they can get some insights. And I made sure to have different people from all walks of life. We had a musician there. We had, you know, someone who was a nurse and is into tarot, you know, we had relationship, you know, counselors. So I made sure to diversify the guest. Um, so that's kind of like how it ended up being. And, um, and like I was mentioned to you, like I'm working on revamping it and I'm really refocusing my attention to get like your everyday, but extraordinary people to come on and speak of their current journey, past journey and future journey. So it's, it's an exciting project that I'm embarking on now. <laughs> and while we're talking about the project, uh, is there a place that the listener should check out to maybe learn more about it? Yeah, they can go to uh, discoveryofself4.webs.com. Um, they can also email me um, at discoveryofself123 at gmail.com. Um, and currently taking like, you know, guests to kind of start, I'm going to start it up in spring. Um, yeah, they can go through either of those. And on the website, you can even choose to become a member. We want it to, it to be interactive. It's free of charge. You can become a member and share pictures from wherever you are. So there's a section on there where it shows pictures from different states, I think to different countries. Um, and it's a forum where members can put, you know, their thoughts and inspiration. So it's really meant to be very interactive and for the public and for the people. So they can reach me. Yeah, those two ways if they're interested. And it's very free-flowing. As you can see, like if they go there and see those videos, it's very free-flowing, informal, just fun, but packed with information that I trust to be beneficial. So these types of conversations you would have um, in Discovery of Self, for example, seem to not be at the forefront today. You see, obviously, STEM and analytical conversations are being promoted. But do you think there is any kind of lapse in this liberal arts-esque um, field, these kinds of conversations of better um, understanding yourself and introspection or having more attention to emotion or things like that. Do you think that's lacking today? And if if so, uh, how could you improve that? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. Um, hmm. I do think, not per se that it's lacking, I think it's... Uh, it's not being given the attention that it needs to. It's not being nourished like it needs to. Um, you know, we, we all are very aware of the collective energy right now and emotions running high. I think it's, it's people not taking the time to sit still and pause and ground. Um, and I think, you know, I, I say this with my clients that I've experienced like the year of 2020 just forced a lot of people to pause, to sit down, and a lot of people was having a hard time with it. <laughs> and um, and I'm like, I get you. I'm a I'm a social gal, so it's like it wasn't fun. But 
I, I think it's, you know, for some people, they have forgotten the art of stillness and the art of just being with themselves. Um, and for some, it's an uncomfortable thing because that's where a lot of stuff comes up. You have to face, you know, I guess your demons or whatever, your inner shadows. Um, so I don't think it's lacking. I think it's just a lack of, um, of awareness and it's a choice to not nourish it and address it properly. Because I think, you know, we're all aware of what's, you know, happening within us, let alone outside. Um, but I think it's finding a way to nourish it, to ground it, and to feed it what it needs to be fed. Um, and also, it, it's, it's, if you're constantly in a survival mode, if you're constantly like, you know, where's my next meal going to come? Or how am I going to pay these bills? Like, all the things that bug us down in the mundane world. Uh, nobody's thinking of like namaste and sitting down and meditating and doing all this stuff and looking within and, you know, all this stuff. So I'm aware of that. Um, but I always say, we're the vehicles that can make all of this happen, right? If our vehicle is not in tuned, meaning our body, if that is not in tune and that is not grounded, none of these things are going to happen. Yeah, they may happen, but they may not be of quality, right? Because we have to make sure that this body, this temple is, you know, situated and healthy and balanced for us to do the things that we need to do. So I think it's really finding the tools and finding the method that works for you with where you at now, because we all have different forms of resources at this point. So that's why I always like to work with where my clients are, where people are. Let's start there and let's build. Um, cause I'm really big on self-care with my clients. That's the first thing that I work on establishing because if that's not intact, anything that you want to do, is going to like really suffer in quality, you know? And like I was telling you way back, like I really look at both things, you know, I really look at like the real stuff in life. Like you, we all got this real stuff that we need to deal with, but it's like, okay, we have to deal with ourselves first, Right. It's all about emotional, mental, physical health, and spiritual health. And whatever that means for you, that's what it means for you. Not trying to compare, not trying to be, you know, anyone else but you. But it's a choice that one has to make, right? To kind of feel like, how are you going to nourish yourself? So you can nourish other areas in your life. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> oh, thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> so <laughs> to finish uh, the podcast, I like to ask my guests just three questions, kind of like bonus questions that are the same mm -hmm. for all the guests. Uh, and the first one being, if someone was listening today and they thought, you know what? I want to live a life like you, right? Uh, not me, but like you listening here. <laughs> um, yes. What advice would you give someone listening to help them have a a path like yours, whether it's social work, career path, or a spiritual dance path, but just to get to a similar way of thinking and a similar approach to you, what advice would you give to that person? Mm, I say, stay curious, be opened, um, and do what uh, makes you feel good and do what feels right for you. Live in your authentic self. So the second question what is the biggest misconception about people who hold views similar to your own? 
views about spirituality, views about movement, any of that? Because I'm sure there's lots of misconceptions out there. And I want to know, what is the biggest one that just gets under your skin? Mm, that we have it all figured out, that we're all positive. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah, that we're better than anyone. All those things that come with it that I've heard, that I've experienced. Uh, but if I would say one thing is just, you know, you have to come to a point of learning how to deal with what life gives you. And that's the only difference between me and the other person. It's like we're all going through the same things, more or less. It's just how you handle it, how you choose to see it. But we're no better, <laughs> no different. <laughs> so then my last question for you. Yeah. If there's anything, what is something that you would like to change about the field in which you work? Mm. Oh, wow. Yes, uh, that I would like to change. Hmm. I think it goes back to the answers in my first question. The first question is, I would like for people to be open and curious about anything that feels unknown and uncomfortable and mysterious, because that's that's where you find your truth. That's where you find the greatest strength and power within yourself. Perfect. Well, Ivan Nilda, thank you for coming on today. Um, it was a pleasure having you on the podcast. And I, I love having these kinds of conversations with, oh. with people such as yourself. Thank you, Colton. My pleasure. Much gratitude.